Hello, hello, hello. There we go. Come on in, grab a chair. Come on up, leaders. Go ahead and grab a chair. Sit next to your students. Students, get close, but not too close. Welcome. That's what it says on the screen. Oh, no, it resetted. Darn it. Darn. Welcome. Oh, still not saying it. Well, <laughs> I try to make it work. Hello, my name is Tyler Moore. For those of you who don't know, know me, boys, Josh, I'm going to have to ask you, come a little closer. Come on, come on, come on, just get a little closer. There you go. Come on up. There you go. No one bites. Well, I, I, can't, I can't legally back that up. Um, if you do get bit, not our fault. Uh, we'll pray for you. My name is Tyler Moore. Welcome to Cornerstone Middle School. If you haven't been with us, we've been in a service, pro- or we've been in a service in a series called 40 Days in the Word, and I'm really excited about this. This, this is talking about how important our Bible is. I mean, I remember when I was your age, I was like, yeah, you know, open it a couple times a year, see what God has to say, see how it goes. But we're going to be talking about how important this truly is to your lives right now. What did we talk about last week? Anyone got some? John, John, what do you think? Old Testament. Testament, Yes. The Old Testament has some great stuff in there. For you guys that don't know, the Old Testament has things. It has answers for you. You can find a lot of answers in Genesis, like where do we come from? Is there good? Is there evil? Is there a God? Does life really matter? A lot of important questions are answered there. We have epic adventures um, of biblical heroes like Joshua and Samson and David, and then we got uh, these things called Proverbs that give you guys wisdoms. I gave you an example, like fortune cookies, but better, because God wrote them, not some weird guy in some factory, right? These fortune cookies are from God to you. They're found in Proverbs. Next, we got Psalms, and Psalms comfort us. I gave you the example. Psalms are like teddy bears. I have 20 teddy bears. They keep me safe at night. I'm protected from the boogeyman. We're good. Don't laugh, boys. I see you laughing at me, but you got a, a blankie. You got something. I know. I got dirt on everyone. So, Awesome. So in Psalms, we find things that comfort our hearts. Man, Tyler, my, you know, my, my mom or my dad just passed away. Or Tyler, you won't believe it, but my parents are getting a divorce. Or, you know, just Tyler, something's going on in my life. I encourage you to open up the Old Testament, check out Psalms. A lot of great things. And then last, but almost, yeah, I can, I'm definitely going to pull the trigger on this one. Most importantly, the Old Testament points to Jesus. The Old Testament is God's way of preparing us for Jesus' arrival. And we find that. We find that through all of his prophets. And so now, my favorite part of the Bible, that's right, New Testament. What is the New Testament about? Well, the New Testament is like a biography. John John pointed out last week, I said bibliography. I feel very foolish. A biography. It's the biography about Jesus' life. And right here, I gave you guys this example. It's worth showing you again this This guy right here, for those of you guys who don't know, this is Pete Carroll. Yes, thank you. This is one of the best college coaches to ever live. Granted, he didn't have a a, a numerous amount of wins, but the wins he did have, oh, epic. Good day to be a USC fan. So in in this biography, we read about his life. We read, hey, where did this guy come from? What does he believe in? What are some of the trials he went through? What made him the man he is today? So with the Old Testament, that's what we learn about Jesus. Hey, where did this guy come from? What did he stand for? Why was he here here on earth? The Old Testament is the inside scoop from firsthand experiences, people that were right with him the whole time. So it's it's an inside scoop from firsthand experiences about who Jesus is, what he lived and died and rose again for. It contains Jesus' birth, his life, 
his death, his resurrection, and more importantly, his ministry. His ministry, what he came to do here on earth. What is Jesus about? Unlike Pete Carroll, I mean, Pete Carroll's an amazing guy, don't get me wrong, but Jesus' biography, it's a little more exciting. I mean, Jesus was born of a virgin. He lived a sinless and perfect life. He healed the sick and brought the dead back to life. He died a horrible death, but still rose again. And he lived such an amazing and inspiring life that we're talking about him 2,000 years later. Granted, I know these things are hard to believe. What do you mean he, he died and rose again? What do you mean he lived a perfect life? What do you mean he was born of a virgin? Well, those seem impossible, but that's the point. Those are called miracles. And in the New Testament, we learn about Jesus and the miracle of his life and how he gives you, each and every single one of you, a part of that miracle. Yes, you are a miracle in this book of life. And so we're going to divide it up. Does everybody have, a, uh, hopefully, a little form, a little, little pamphlet, a little notes to take? We're going to be talking about the New Testament, as I said, but we're going to dive in. Are you ready? for the first part. The New Testament has 27 books total. Nice. It can be broken down into four sections. So where are we going to start? We're going to start with the first part of it, and I think that's also on your notes, and it should be the life and teaching of Jesus. If you're wondering, hey, where do I learn the most information about Jesus? Gospels. There's four of them. There's four very important gospels. And in these Gospels, they're written from four different perspectives. So I'm going to break it down for you. Like, if this biography of Pete Carroll, it'd be like there's four different books combined into one. Uh, except, you know, someone like his mother wrote one. Uh, then one of his, you know, maybe his brother wrote the other. And then maybe his son wrote the third. And then maybe, maybe one of the uh, players he had on his team wrote the fourth. So they're different perspectives of the same life. And so this is really exciting because right next to Matthew, do you guys all see Matthew in the first box? I want you to write history. Matthew loved history. You could tell with Matthew that he knew what he was talking about because Matthew talks about the Old Testament and Jesus' life. He's like, hey, he tells you, look, look at all these prophecies from 500 years ago. Look at all these prophecies from Isaiah. They're talking about Jesus Christ. He, he explains, he connects the bridge I don't know about you, but man, if someone prophesied someone's birth 500 years ago and it came to be true, I'd be pretty excited too. So right next to Mark, I want you to write compassion. And Mark, if you guys are a compassionate person, check out Mark. Because Mark shows how much Jesus had to go through in this life. Man, Mark is a guy with a compassionate heart that you might also have. Mark just depicts, he explains just how much the Son of God had to suffer. And then next we have Luke. And right next to Luke, I want you to write Savior. Yes, your hands might get a little tired. I'm sorry, but we got some information to cover, but I promise it's going to go by quick. So right next to Luke, write Savior. And Luke is like me. I think I relate a lot to Luke because he was so amped. He was astounded. He's like, dude, you are Christ. You are the living God. Like through Luke, I imagine him being like a surfer, even though he totally wasn't. He's like, dude, Jesus. Like, yeah, you rule, bro. And Luke, he was just amped that Jesus came and be our Savior. And then next we got John. And right next to John, I want you to write eternal. Because John was not afraid to talk about how Jesus' life is forever important. John was, wasn't afraid to talk about the spiritual aspect of Christ. Paul, so right next to John, I want you to write eternal. And so this is important. We'll, we'll talk about Paul later. Don't worry, guys. But if you want to find out who Jesus is and what he really stood for, this is the place. And I want you to remember that because we're going to come back to this later. And next we have the book of Acts. Some of you guys are wondering about Paul. 
You're like, Tyler, what about the book of Acts, man? So I want you to write next the Acts. I want you to write the history of church. Write the early church. And this is really important, guys. And we're going to come back to this as well. But this explains the early history and the start of the Christian church. It is an amazing and beautiful picture of what a Christian church is supposed to look like. And I've got some scripture for you to explain. And so we have this right here. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's the 12. And, the fel- and to the fellowship. And to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper. And to prayer. They committed themselves to prayer. And a deep sense of awe came over them all. And the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together at the Lord's temple every day they worshiped. They met in homes for the Lord's supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each and every day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. So what do we have right there? We have the definition of a perfect church. We have the definition of what we are supposed to look like as people, what we're supposed to look like as we come together. And I want you to point out, it's a church with no walls. You can write that next to Acts if you want. Church with no walls. They shared everything with everyone. They sold all their possessions to help others. They helped anyone. It didn't matter who you were. Jewish, Roman, Greek, it didn't matter. Poor, wealthy, they helped everyone who wanted it. And they told the good news of Christ to every single person. Every single person, it didn't matter. Even if you already knew it, they're like, hey, are you sure you know it? I can tell you again, they love God so much. And also in Acts, we find out about Paul. Saul. Yes, Paul was first named Saul until he met Jesus Christ and became a Christian. And he has a very important role. And so next, I know we're moving through quickly, but there's a point. Next, we have the book about Christian living. You should see that in the next category. These books, they're not really books, they're letters. They're letters written mostly from Paul, the guy I just mentioned. That's why he's very important. He wrote most of these letters to the early churches that were starting up. He encouraged them in everything good that they were doing. He's like, hey, you guys are feeding the homeless? Continue to do that. Hey, you're spreading the good news? Continue to do that. Hey, you're lifting up your brothers? You're selling your things to help others in need? Continue to do that. But then he also wrote letters for things they were doing incorrectly. Hey, you guys are living in sin. You're living in drunkenness. You're blaspheming. You're gossiping. You need to stop this. And so right here, right in this, I want you to write, um, Christian living. So I want you to write Christian living because the, this offer, so right under the Christian living, oh, good point, it's already written. I want you to write examples. I want you to write the word examples right under Christian living. And I know I gave you guys some advice throughout the weeks, right? The first bit of advice I told you two weeks ago, never punch a gorilla. Never, never do it. I know, don't punch a gorilla. They weigh 500 pounds, they'll break you like celery. That was some good advice I gave you. The next advice I gave you last week was never go swimming in the ocean with steak. Say, don't do it. If you have, you feel like, I'm just gonna jump in the water in case I get hungry, I got a steak. No, don't do it. Sharks can smell blood a mile away, you're done for. And someone pointed out, Tyler, I'm never gonna punch a gorilla. I'll, I'll never even see a gorilla, maybe, unless I go to the zoo. Tyler, I'm not going to bring steak when I go swimming in the ocean. Okay, fair enough. 
I am going to give you some practical advice. One second. I'm going to give you guys good advice that will change your lives right now. And the, the, the bottom line is once a month, are you ready for this, boys? Especially pay attention. This, this is mostly for you girls, but this is very important as well. Once a, once a month, maybe once a week, your school serves in the cafeteria chimichangas. They, cher- they serve, maybe they serve burritos. Maybe they serve bean casserole. I don't know. Your cafeteria is serving you something with beans. So what, Tyler? I love burritos. I love burritos too. But are you ready for the advice? Unless you have P.E. after lunch, just say no. Don't eat anything with beans in it. I don't know what they're putting in those beans, but as soon as you eat them, they hit your stomach and World War III starts. And there's so much gas and you just have to let it out and you have to fart so bad. And so here's the thing. If you have P.E. after lunch, eat all the chimichangas you want. Because when you're running the mile, you know, you could fart. No one will really know. Boys are just like, hey, this guy knows. Hey, trust me, you're running the mile. People are all tired. Like, you could probably just let one go as you're passing and they won't even know unless it's really loud. I don't know. But here's the thing. If you guys don't have P.E. after lunch, you stay away from the chimichangas, the burritos, and the bean casserole. Because I don't know who did this to you, but I think it's the most cruel joke I've ever seen. Those chairs you have, those chairs are designed with a reason. Those are plastic. Those are a special type of plastic. And the way they arc is like an amphitheater for your farts. I don't know what it is. Whoever thought of that was just a bad person. And here's the thing. You're like, so what, Tyler? I love burritos. I'm not going to stop. Eat all the burritos you want. Because when you're sitting in fifth and sixth period and that cute girl you like, boys, is the next seat over to you and you're just sitting there like, I'm just, I just got to let one go. Just gotta, it's going to be a little one. I can tell. It doesn't care how small. I don't care how small it is. That amphitheater for your farts is going to make it known to everyone. And you are going to be known as the kid who farts in class. You do not want that title. It takes forever to leave. Sorry. And... Even if you're like, I can hold my fart in, it's okay. I'm going to tell you right now, boys, the closest thing you will ever get to birthing a child is holding in gas after chimichangas. You're just sitting there in sixth period, like crunched over your desk in cold sweats. Your face is turning white. You're like shaking a little. And the girl next to you is like, what's wrong with you? And you don't want to let her know you have gas. You don't want to let her know you're dying from a fart. So you just make something up. You're like, I have scabies. I don't know. And she's like, scabies? What the heck is that? It's a lose-lose situation. How good is the advice found in these letters? How good is the advice found in this Christian living section? The advice is even better than that. And boys, I know I just changed your life. Girls, if you ever see a boy like crunched over his desk with cold sweats, just know he's trying to hold a fart in and he is in pain. Just let it go. Just pray for him. Pray for, pray for deliverance. The advice is that much better. The advice is so much better. And so under that section I have for you guys, are we ready? Under that section, I have it right here. Instructions for Christian living at the end. Yes, also I mentioned weeks ago, stay away from koalas. But so we have Christian living at the top, and I'm going to give you an example. And this is just one example, but I, don't, I could think of so many good ones. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others by not farting. Just stay away from the chimichangas. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Girls, if you're gossiping, you're probably not being too humble. Girls, if you're gossiping, you're probably not thinking of your neighbor as better than yourself. Girls, if you're gossiping, you are not loving them as you love yourself. Because say what you will, but words destroy people. 
words don't hurt. I care to disagree. There are people that end their life. I'm not pointing in a general direction. There are people whose lives are ruined because of a gossip. Girls, if you want to know Christian living in love, don't gossip. Boys, I know it's hard. Physical altercations happen. But boys, if you love your neighbor as yourself, just walk away and be the bigger man. I know. I know it's hard. Just walk away and bite the bullet, as my dad used to say. And so next, now for this last one, are you guys ready? Revelation, a look at the future. And Revelation is really important. It's a very exciting book. Don't get me wrong. There's dragons mentioned in it. There's like epic wars. It's very exciting. But I want to let you guys know that Revelation is really hard to read. I've studied it. So many people have studied. People have studied it for, you know, their entire life and still have like, oh, I kind of have an idea. I'm not too sure. But here's the thing. Revelation is hard to understand. But it's important because it tells the future of the church. My favorite verse, Revelation mentions, you know all that pain you feel right now? You know all that anger that just doesn't go away? You know all that hurt, that depression? Getting picked on or just having bad things happen to you in life? Revelation tells us there's going to come a day with no more tears. There's going to come a day with no more pain. There's going to come a day when God rescues us, literally. I don't know if that's in this lifetime or the next. But I want you guys to know, I could spend our last about 10 minutes we have here talking about Revelation and the future of the church. But to be quite honest with you guys, only God knows when the end of the world will happen. Jesus Christ said it himself. Only God knows when the world is going to end. To be quite honest, if Jesus didn't know the timing, why should we waste all of our time? If you have questions, ask them at the end. I encourage you. I'll be here. And so instead of worrying about the future of the church, we need to talk about something much more important right now. Because God will take care of the future of the church. I can promise you that. But instead of talking about the future of our church, right now we need to talk about the immediate future. That's today, tomorrow, years from now. We need to talk about something that you're very much involved in, every single one of you. Because the future of the church is in God's hand. But the future of the church today, that's in your hands. I, I can't explain it. But we, in my generation, something's gone wrong. Do you remember that early church? Do you remember the church with no walls? Do you remember the church that loves people unconditionally? Do you remember the church that helps anyone no matter what? Do you remember the church where everyone sold everything and they came together and worshiped every single day? Something's happened. And I don't know why. And it's hard because if you've been here at Cornerstone your whole life, we are so lucky because we have just seen a loving church, accepting church. I mean, I have tattoos. Some churches wouldn't even let me talk to you guys, let alone even show up because of them. Somewhere along the line, that perfect church that had Jesus Christ as its foundation, somewhere along the lines, things have changed. And it starts with this Bible. People have been running the church with 10% Bible, 90% advice. People have been running our churches all around with 50% Bible, 50% advice. And I want to tell you guys right now, the future of the church is in God's hands, but the immediate future tomorrow is in your hands. Everyone who says that you're just 12, you're just in middle school, you can't make a difference, I care to disagree. Because you see this book right here, this Bible, if it's just sitting on your shelf, it's, it's another pointless book. Hear me out now. If this, if this thing is sitting collecting dust, it's useless. It's the most useless thing. It's being wasted. If we're just showing up, trying to follow rules and traditions, if we just think of Christianity as a religion, we're in the wrong. Because religion is not what Christ died for. 
Religion is not what Christ gave his life for. Christ gave his life for a relationship. And you know what the worst part about it is? People don't realize that Jesus Christ did not live. Jesus Christ did not live. He did not get tortured. He did not die. And he did not rise again to start a world religion. Jesus Christ lived and died and rose again so you can have a relationship with him. But you know the worst part about it? Is a lot of people don't even want that. A lot of people want a religion. A lot of people want to show up on Sunday, hear the rules, hear the regulations, follow the traditions, show up once a week, and do whatever they want the rest of the week and be like, well, at least I'm trying. This is my religion. It's Christianity. I show up once a week. And there's nothing wrong with showing up once a week. That's all we really need. But the point is, there's a difference between a religion and a relationship. There's a difference between traditions and rules and regulations and a friendship, a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. There's the biggest difference in the world. And I'm going to tell you right now, you guys are going to be the change. You guys are going to be the difference. Because if you just want to show up and have another religion, then there are so many others to choose from. Because I can promise you, this is not a religion. This is a relationship. And somewhere along the line, we've missed the point of that. And my friends are hurting. My friends are dying without the good news. My friends would rather fall into the world. They would rather drink a drink. They'd rather smoke a smoke. They'd rather take a pill to feel better because of something that the church has done, because we're filled with imperfect people. I'm sorry that we are imperfect, but here's the thing. We're conveying ourselves in ways that are different. And this isn't your fault. This isn't even really my fault or anyone else's. It's kind of our predecessors, the people who came before us. But I'm going to tell you right now, if America, and if America keeps heading in the direction we're in, we're in for some trouble. But if you guys start reading your Bibles, if you guys start having a relationship with Jesus Christ, a real relationship with Jesus Christ, and hear me out now, because you mean I have to pray every day? Yes, it's like a normal relationship. If you're friends with someone, don't you talk with them every day? Yeah, you bet you, you, you bet you do. You have to pray every single day. You have to pray about what? You have to pray about everything. Man, I talk to God about changing my oil, what clothes to wear. I talk to him about everything, and I encourage you too. I know that last one sounded funny. You mean I have to read his word? I have to read this thing? Yes, you do. I know you have so much better things to do. Well, I'd rather talk about Johnny. I'd rather do this. I'd rather go to the mall. I'd rather play video games. But no, you have to discover who God is. It's in this book. And you could find out the personality of your creator. You could find out the personality of the creator of the universe just by reading this book. You mean I have to worship him? Do you guys wonder what the music is for? Do you guys wonder what this is for before we do it? Is this just some more music to listen to? Try to make you guys listen to Christian music? No, this is worship. This is reflecting God. Some of you guys have a trouble doing that. And I understand it was hard for, it's hard for everyone. But yeah, you have to worship God. You have to love him. You mean I have to love others as much as I love myself? Could you imagine being adopted into a family with the perfect dad, yet you hate his children? Could you imagine that? You get adopted by this wonderful, loving father, yet for no reason you hate his sons and daughters for no reason. You hurt them for no reason. Yeah, you have to love others as much as you love yourself, and that's hard. Oh, man, you could spend a lifetime trying to do that. But I want to encourage you right now, the difference between a religion and a relationship with Jesus Christ, and it's your choice, it's in this book. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you guys can survive middle school, if you guys can survive high school with a relationship with Jesus Christ, you could survive anything. Because you're living in a world that wants to get rid of God. 
You're living in a world that would not even do the Pledge of Allegiance anymore because it says one God reference. That's how much the world is hating him. You're living in a world that would rather fall into philosophies and drug addiction and prescription pills than follow God because of some hypocrisy and some judgment. No one's perfect. I understand that. But I'm going to tell you right now, if you could survive middle school and high school with a real relationship with Jesus Christ, dude, you guys are going to change the world. I firmly believe that. How easy is it for you guys to sin? Man, you just... You got an iPhone with the internet at your hands. You could look up anything. Boys, let's be honest. Are, is everything you're looking up holy and pure? Or is it lustful and filled with just evil things? Girls, how easy is it to tear someone down? And you know how much those words hurt. And I want to encourage you right now before we pray. If you can have a relationship with Jesus Christ throughout middle school and high school... You guys are going to change the world, but that's up to you. That's not on me. I'm just here to point out the mistakes of my peers and myself and try to love you guys and show you the real way to Christ. Let's bow our heads. God, this is so hard. This is so hard to maintain a relationship with you. Because as soon as we start doing good, as soon as we start reading our Bible, as soon as we start worshiping, as soon as we start praying every day, life happens and we get kicked and we just get thrown to the ground and we get kicked while we're down there. Parents pass away, divorce happens, financial problems happen, just our friends burn our friendship to the ground, they burn that bridge. As soon as we start, as soon as we start really getting to your heart, it seems like something happens and we just get kicked in the mouth. And it hurts. It hurts so bad that when we try to love our neighbor as ourself, they would rather hate us. When we try to love you with all our heart, something comes along and just takes our legs right out from under us. And we are in physical pain a lot of the time. God, as we're trying to grow up in a world that would rather have you drink this to feel better, smoke that to forget this, take these prescription pills, pills to not feel anything at all, we're living in a world that would way rather do that than spend five minutes in a Bible. For, for useless, for funny, comical things, just because they feel they are so lost. God, I pray for your help for my friends in this room whom I love so much. We pray for your help. Jesus Christ, please send your Holy Spirit powerfully upon us because I don't want to live in the world where I have to live my life from one exciting event to the next, where I have to try to rely on partying, where I have to try to rely on drugs and prescription pills and dumb philosophies of this world to feel any sort of happiness whatsoever when all I have to do is ask for Jesus Christ to be in my heart. And he promises we can find true love, a love that is never-ending, a love that never goes away. God, I pray that we read your New Testament. If my friends have any questions, I pray they'll just, they'll just open up the Bible and they'll read the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. Everyone hates. So many people in this country hate Christians because we're imperfect. Yet the funniest thing is, not one of them can say one bad thing about Jesus. 
because he lived a perfect and sinless life. Because he didn't push war. He didn't push, push anger. He didn't push judgment or condemnation. Jesus Christ pushed love. Jesus Christ told others about kindness. He told others about mercy, and he told others about judge. And he showed everyone a way. He showed everyone a way without drug addiction, without pills, without drinking. He showed everyone a way without useless philosophy. And that all you have to do is love. All you have to do is ask him to be in your heart. And you don't have to suffer anymore. That there is a light at the end of the tunnel. That so many of my friends in this life would rather off, would, would rather hurt themselves than just hope. So I guess the bottom line of this prayer is right now, Christ, I pray you put your spirit upon my friends. I pray that when life gets tough, when this world tries to conform us to its ways, I pray that you will be in our hearts, that you will show us the way to live. Jesus Christ, I pray you put your Holy Spirit powerfully upon us as we start feeding the homeless more, as we start doing service projects, as we start praying in fellowship, group huddles of just prayer, praying to you for help because we know we're not gonna find it through any way that this world has to offer. Jesus Christ, the bottom line prayer I pray you'll be with us and guide us, Lord. In your name we pray, amen.